by it. I, of course, mean the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 190. I'm your usual host, Jared, and today I am joined by Mr. Doug Wilson. I'm back, baby. And Triple J, Mr. Jamal Joseph Jr. That's me. And that's it. Uh, everybody else is away uh, today. So you getting just, drunk at Halloween parties? You just yeah, maybe probably having a better time than than me. Um, but hey, that's not to say that we don't have something spooky uh, for you today because we are going to be talking. We got a triple threat today. Uh, we're going to talk about a Ubisoft game, an anime game, and uh, Lego Dimensions. So if that doesn't sound like hell, I don't know. <laughs> Please don't stop listening. <laughs> Um, before we, before we do that though, I want to talk about, uh, this, this panic that I was, we were just talking about it before we started, but there's, there's been kind of like a interesting little panic here after EA canceled, uh, the Star Wars game that Visceral was making. Uh, and a bunch of articles went up, uh, commenting on how single player was dead and studios weren't interested in making single player games anymore. Um, and I just I find that such a odd conclusion to get to when you consider that like <laughs> I mean what are the what are the top games this year uh, when you guys think of like moving into game of the year stuff what are some big games big names that stick well, out I already know my Call my of Duty too so yeah Call of Duty Call of Duty World <laughs> War Two okay well I I have Persona Five going up on my list that's yeah. single player okay maybe a little single player what else um. Neo, which I guess is multiplayer, but it's, it's mostly single player. Barely, yeah. Okay. Um, there's Nier Automata. Right. It's single player. Maybe, I, I, uh, I, I, I maybe you guys stuck. heard of this? Uh, there's this little title called uh, uh, Legend of Zelda. Came out. Came out this year. I don't know what that is. And, um, and Mario Odyssey, I, actually. I, I'm, I'm stuck between. Oh yeah, I, didn't I? Didn't they put up another stupid article about how Mario, Mario Odyssey doesn't give you the uh, option to play as Princess Peach? Uh, oh Jesus! Well, you know what people are upset about is there's uh, there's a uh, Princess Peach amiibo where she's dressed like a bride, and uh, if you scan that into Mario Odyssey, you, Mario will dress like a bride. Um, Oh, uh, so is that what they're upset about? People are upset for such an array of reasons. They're upset that Princess Peach would be. They're upset that Princess Peach would be in a bridal gown to begin with. So that's upsetting. Uh, but then they bought it and then scanned it in the game, and so you couldn't be her. Uh, some people are upset because Mario can wear a wedding dress, and that's gay. Uh, con- <laughs> conversely, though, other people are upset because Mario can wear a wedding dress, and it's like funny. And they're like, "Why would that be funny?" There's nothing funny about a man in a dress. So we literally, we just, we cannot please anyone here. Uh, the, the whole thing's a clusterfuck. No one should have ever worn a dress. Everyone should wear pants. We should all just wear nondescript blue clingy suits. Oh, but blue's a but, boy's color. Hey, I think you're taking your uh, gender stereotypes into this chat now. It's making me very uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, would it restore unity to our group if I had sex with both of you? Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't hurt. That's good to hear. Um, and if you didn't listen to the pre-show, you'll have no fucking <laughs> idea what that's about. <laughs> um, but but you know what? The the survival of the group is what's important. So I'll, I'll do what I gotta do. Um, 
But yeah, anyway, there's that's a bomb too. But the point I was getting at, and actually funny, like a bunch of developers like came out of the woodwork and announced their dedication to single player experiences. Like Rock Rockstar came out and basically was like, "Sorry, we didn't make a GTA expansion. We just we 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 didn't." And then they're like, "But we'll do it again someday." And uh, so I mean, they they've kind of you know tried to refocus and be like, "Hey, we we still want to do it." Speak. Hey, speaking of nightmares, I did go back to GTA Online, and it's still a nightmare. I just wanted to mention that. I don't know. I don't know what you're what you're doing there. Oh shit! The guy who played uh, Eli Vance in Half Life died. So, well, that doesn't matter anyway because he died in Half Life. So, uh, even if they were going to make another one, who cares? Uh, Which not because single player is dead. Unless they make it like a multiplayer arena shooter. PC. But who would you pick? Would you be Would you be Gordon or would you be Alex? No, uh, I would be Dog. Okay, there you go. He, Barney. He, Barney. Ooh, Team Barney. That's how, a good how, choice. How many, how many loot boxes should it have? Uh, as many as they can fit. Uh, I don't even know what I'd be. I think you should A, unlock characters, and then B, you should unlock guns, and then C, you should unlock hats that your characters and seven, can wear. You should unlock crowbars. What about hats for your guns? Yeah, well, duh. That's a given. And- and you stack the hats on your guns. Well, that would be about, equally important. What about important. guns for your crowbars? Yeah, uh, uh, your crowbar has a gun. One of the characters is a crowbar. He's like Odd Job from Goldeneye. He's really cheap. Oh, he's like, like that tungsten monster from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, PC Gamer ran an article, too, uh, where they interviewed the Wolfenstein devs, who specifically said that Wolfenstein 2 does not have multiplayer because, in their words, it would dilute the storytelling. So went out of their way. I'm, like, I'm sorry. Why, why are people going crazy? Uh, because we have to panic because EA canceled the single player game. So it because they canceled the single one player. game. Single player's done. So like Jay. everyone's everyone's going nuts and, and losing their fucking minds now. I mean, it's not unfair to, to criticize EA and say that they're just looking for multiplayer bucks. Like EA is one of those uh, studios, not studios, but EA is one of those publishers like Activision, who's just always like chasing that high, you know? Like they're just trying to they they see somebody else successful with something and they're like, How can we get that? And so, um, you know, they're they're fucking shit up in that regard, but like, who cares? Uh we've still got lots of great games as evidenced by this year. Like single player is very far from dead. Uh it might be with I, EA. I think I think EO, EA should just develop heroin hero and get that done with. Oh, there we go. Chasing that high forever. Got to get that paper. R.I.P. Baby. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, uh, Jay, you mentioned uh, that your beloved Toys to Life uh, program was coming to an end. I thought yeah, it was, so I thought it had already ended. What is it? Is it not? Of, uh, shitty programs. Oh no! It, well, they they had three kind of seasons planned, so we should be in their third season, and then it was supposed to end. But um, since we're we're sp- talking about beloved publishers it sounds like um as far as lego dimensions go it was wb kind of striking again and the story is just is pretty short basically toy sales kind of underperformed and um i don't know which end lost interest in developing them but they also met but in been all these reports about how like grueling and torturous the development cycle was for them because you know they had to pump out um, um, expansion packs and content and all that nonstop. And when you play it from a user end, you know, for someone who's who's pumping out something nonstop like that, it's actually 
pretty good quality. Um, and I, I feel like the packs are all priced kind of accordingly. Like, it, it, like the more content you get, the more expensive it's priced. But even the smaller packs, you're still getting like a level to play around in. You're getting puzzles. You know, it's a little more than just a toy and vehicle than most games of life. But it, like, I, I, it just sounded like with um, with them, it was like just crunch time all the time, and their employees just weren't getting a break, and people on the team were becoming disheartened and just really didn't have the soul for it anyway. Like literally, soul crushing, soul shattering development. Nothing is worse than when. Uh the product you're working on you realize is like completely devoid of the magic and soul that made it and uh um, yeah when yeah. i th- when i think of a a a um a, a property or an intellectual property that you know is strong in integrity and not consumerism and commercialism i do come back to lego every time um, yeah that was i was being sarcastic <laughs> uh or lincoln logs lincoln logs the heart is still there uh, I, I, are you kidding? I, I do feel like Lego actually cares a lot about the product they put out. Do you? Because they made like, I mean, they're just they have their fingers in like every pie. Like, I yeah. Guess. yeah, but it's not like the, it's not like they're like bad pots. I, I feel like they made kind of a mistake in the early pots where they did shit. No one wanted like Bionicle. They're like, yeah, Lego should just be straight up toys and all that. But if you look at now, it's all about Ninja. Um, kids like Ninjago. Like, I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I, kids are fucking nuts about Ninjago. Not, Ninjago's getting a movie. Not enough to go see the Ninjago movie, am I right, guys? Box office bomb. Oh, uh, was nah. it? Yeah. The quality of Legos is still high. It's just they're fucking absurdly priced. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel like Legos ever stopped being hot. And I, I remember that, um, long before Enemy Slime existed, when all of us were young butts, we all talk about our love of, love of Lego as well. Oh yeah, I, I got I got good memories of Lego. Um, you know, I don't I don't think it ever stopped being a high quality, and I don't I don't think what happened to Lego Dimensions is on Lego. I feel like that's entirely WB's end. I I mean, sure. Like, how hard is it to make a piece of plastic? Like, the Lego people shouldn't have dropped the ball at any point. Uh, right. Like that, no. that should be pretty doable. Um. Well, R.I.P. Legos, uh, we or you know Lego Dimensions, not Legos. Legos will be around forever. Mark my words. <laughs> they won't be around forever, but not, not like Lincoln Logs, I, which are I, I, they're going. South Park actually had a pretty good uh, Lego joke, but I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> like the game has a has a Lego joke. Yeah, yeah, the game has a Lego joke. All right, well, we can circle back to that. Um, I want to focus on uh, Lincoln Logs a little bit longer, though. Um, you know, can you make anything with them other than a cabin? I don't think so. I think that you're pretty much stuck with a cabin. Yeah, I, I can't think of it. anything else. They're shitty toy. They're the toy that your grandma has. <laughs> yeah, or like, uh, okay, so wait, wait, wait. Lincoln Logs or Tinker Toys? Which one Which one do you want? But they're, Both. And but, both grandma has both of them. Yeah, we really wish she had something better. Have, like, you could do you could do shit with Tinker Toys. Yeah, you can. I do, mean, it wasn't you can do it was an exciting toys. shit, but you could do shit with it. You could make like a bridge or a car. Yeah, that, people, a, a car I, I, that I remember have in like in like school, people use Lincoln Logs to do all sorts of school projects. Yeah, they made fucking like nerds. a bridge with it. They made like a DNA strand with it. Well, I, I didn't do it. I, I mean, just saw you, that they did it. If you look at Lincoln Logs, uh, you're pretty much looking like go to Google Image Search and type Lincoln Logs. Nobody's made anything but a cabin. 
Um, but if you type, you could- if you type Tinker Toys, people are making. There's a helicopter. This looks like that uh, that water bird. You know the bird that dips down and drinks the water. Um, someone made. I don't know what the fuck this is. Some retarded kid made some weird shit here. Um, oh damn, this is the one I had. I had this. I had this Tinker Toy set, and it was dope. Man, life sure was simple back then. I actually know one thing you can. One other thing you can make with uh, Lincoln Logs. What can you make? An old timey fort. Oh yeah, I kind of had lumped that in with cabin. Yeah, I lumped that in with cabin too. Uh, but you're well, right. If you think, you're if right. You think I of did anything that Abraham Lincoln was alive for. That's Lincoln Logs. Literally. I I did see an old timey fort in here, and I I did think for a second, is that different? And then I decided, no, not really. <laughs> It's just it's just a fort with I mean it's just a cabin with extra logs. But you know what again? So that it's a little harder for people to get in. I don't think that that means that it's not time for Lincoln Logs. Like I think that uh, Lego had their okay. time in the in the <laughs> Toys to Life. No, no one's going to do a Toys to Life Lincoln Log game. You don't think so? Lincoln Lincoln <laughs> no, Logs so. Lincoln Logs Dimensions, <laughs> and it's this game where you get dropped in and you just go from cabin to cabin. Anyway, I guess Toys to Life is basically done. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's no other properties. What property, Doug? If you could take a toy and and make it into a video game, what would you what would you pick? Oh snap! Come back to me. Come back to you. I'm, would, I'm just gonna yell it out at the podcast at some point. Jay, what about you? What toy? What toy is left? Is there a toy? Hungry, hungry hippos. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know how you turn it into a toy to life. Uh, I guess you'd have to buy you buy the hippos and you snap them onto the board. Pretty much. So it's a blank board, but then you buy four hippos, and uh, but it has to be like a photorealistic hippo that's on your screen well, when you do hippo things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably VR. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, and you're the hungry, hungry hippo, and the headset can detect when you open your mouth, <laughs> and you just, you just, you know, gobble down those marbles as quick as you can. Uh, we did it. So hey, EA, uh, call us. Because it's time to get into the toys to life world. Um, right. I like what I. You know, I, I I promise you that I do have a legit spooky experience to talk about for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> what that happened with Lego Dimensions? No, no, not with Lego Dimensions. What the only thing? The only thing spooky about Lego Dimensions is how much money I wasted on it. What spooky thing happened to you? Well, no, let's not talk about it later. Okay, all right, we can save it. I'll tell. I'll tell you what. Later on, we can trade spooky stories. Well, it's not a spooky stories. It's a spooky game. Oh, because I was gonna say I got spooked once, uh, real good. <laughs> but uh, but okay, all right, never mind. Uh, I, I I did play I did play Resident Evil Seven just to mention that real quick. We could, uh, yeah. So what did you think of it? I loved it. It's pretty good, I think, right? Yeah, I I do. I I think it's the best Resident Evil they've done in a very long time. I would pretty much agree with that, and I love how as the game progresses. It becomes more and more like unabashedly Resident Evil. Like, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it starts out kind of not really my kind of thing, where it's this like really subdued. I shouldn't say really subdued, but relatively subdued and like kind of again subtle is not the right word, but it, it's a slow and like it, methodical crawl. Small and more methodical. It's more. I guess. I guess you call it more quote unquote. Um down to earth than other Resident Evils. That's how it starts out. Like, it feels very small at first, and then it, it explodes. But, I mean, the game literally ends with someone tossing you a firearm from a helicopter, <laughs> yeah. 
which is just about as Resident Evil as it gets. Like, I can't think of something more critical than a helicopter shows up with someone throwing a weapon to you. I I mean, I I feel like once you get to the the tanker chapter, um, you're basically the freaking Terminator just running through. Like, like you're, you're, you're scared and crawling around for a little while, but then you get this fucking absurd weapons loadout and just nothing becomes common then you try you find out about all the stupid ridiculous experiments people were conducting that all this happen it's very very resident evil i had um, i had I, one uh i had one kind of rough moment on the tanker when i ran out of ammo like i was unwise and uh oh, really and based on my save spots i really couldn't go back so it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a huge deal i eventually just was able to run past everything um, that happened to me um on the Marguerite chapter, the second the second one that you fight. Oh, because yeah. my my friend was bragging like, Yeah, yeah, after you beat Jack, it gets to be ready with Resident Evil, so don't worry about all your ammo and all that kind of stuff. And any survival horror game I play, it doesn't matter what it is, I do act super conservative with my ammo and healing and I actually had a surplus right. by the final boss. But since you said that, I felt like I could play a little faster and looser with the rules and it like really fucked me, especially when I had to go into the attic. Um mm-hmm. and getting out of there it was just like a mess. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but Yeah, I had a couple uh I had a couple of rough spells in there was a part on the docks when you when you get onto a dock and you get ambushed. And I remember not having enough yeah. ammo for that either. Yeah. And it was such a simple little encounter, but I just wasn't wasn't ready for it. Yeah, it's it's um it's a simple yeah, the same here. It's, it's a simple encounter, but um it does catch you completely off guard. And I think that that's it. I think it catches you completely off guard. Even when one of the stalkers see you, sees you. They'll see you long before you see them. And by the time you hear their voice, you'll turn around and you're like, I don't see anything. And then they come up from behind you and snatch you and like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that really ruined my day. I, I really, I, I don't know. I really, I really loved it. Um, and, and what you're saying about the Resident Evil, one of my friends complained that, well, I didn't like that the plot got like super retarded. And I'm like, if you bought a Resident Evil expecting the plot not to be dumb, that's your fault. I didn't like it until it got super <laughs> retarded. I wasn't even on board. I agree. Like, I, I agree. And, and, and like, I feel like that's part of like every single, every single Resident Evil game in existence. Every single one, the plot's always been retarded. That's the only consistent thing about Resident Evil. Um, you know, I that's, mean, that's the ride you're in for. <laughs> I, I have a, a rich history of enjoying Resident Evil's retardedness because I own, <laughs> I own the entire collection of the uh, novelizations by S. D. Perry. <laughs> uh, I, I used to own the entire novelization. And God, SD, I SD Perry had a weird fetish for Rebecca. He, she did. Um, <laughs> she did. And I believe SD Perry's a woman, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. Which is weird too, because they're pretty like they're pretty fucking gross books. Like they're uh, very descriptive and gore. And uh, but I read all of them all the way through. I think the last one they did was Code Veronica. Um, yeah. Which actually translates pretty well to a book. Um, how, how, how about S.C. Perry's like original shot, Caliban Cove? Uh, Caliban Cove wasn't actually that bad. It's Underworld that's really horrible. Uh, yeah, Underworld is pretty uh, bad. Underworld has, I believe, every main character from Resident Evil is in Underworld, and they're trapped. Yeah. They're trapped in an underground umbrella facility. And the thing that I really remember is, at some point, they have to fight a giant grasshopper. Yeah, see, I it, okay. So, 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 Resident Evil's history with insects. I really wish that series would stay away from insects 
because every time they use them, it ends badly. But in Resident Evil 7, it actually worked out really well because fighting Marguerite was just like the grossest fucking shit. It was the scariest shit. And it was, um, it was actually, it was like a hindrance in a good way. She would go around laying her little nests and hides and all that kind of stuff. And it was bad. But every other time that Resident Evil has done bugs, it's been a really bad, bad thing for right. the series. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, Galvan Code. Giant grass. I just remember S.T. Perry had this very weird thing about characters walking left. And I don't know if she realized that she did this, but basically every single book, someone would be faced with like a branching path, right? And each time that character would think, well, I always read something on how people always choose to go right. So I'm going to walk left. <laughs> Maybe there's like some kind of like lucky or like superstitious uh, thing in there. <laughs> This is almost this is almost completely unrelated, but I want to mention really quick, just as I'm looking at the covers of these books, um, I gotta I gotta throw it to my boy Resident Evil Nemesis, which I think is one of the maybe not very good Resident Evil games, uh, but to this day I still love the fucking concept. And I love Nemesis. Nemesis I, was great. I think it's kind of an unremarkable like game, but I think that its core concept of this like unstoppable enemy that follows you the entire game, I think it works really well for the horror aspect. And you know, I I feel like I feel like Seven had some elements of Nemesis in it, which I liked about it. Yeah, um, you you get that you get that same sense with like Jack and uh, those characters who yeah you know can't be killed basically. Uh, yeah. and, and just keep coming after you uh, endlessly. Um, and you and simultaneously, you get a real sense of satisfaction when you do actually like put them down permanently. Yeah, exactly. And then um, Nemesis also, I don't know, Joe always looks good, but Joe kind of looked the best in Nemesis. <laughs> um, I mean, I, 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 you know, I feel like S.D. Perry also did something very weird with Nemesis where for the about for the period of time where Jill is knocked out. Oh yeah, um, yeah, where he plays Carlos yeah. in the game. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure S.D. Perry goes ahead and mentions like you know she might be unconscious, but she's still got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, she's no Stephen King, but it's close. It's close. I had some. Uh, I had some Resident Evil comics too back in the day that that I remember. Oh man, I, I'm that one. I'm impressed by because I, I I couldn't really do the comics just because I thought they were all around not good. I have the I have um, the first collection of them, um, and and you're right, they're not good. <laughs> um, it's amazing. It's amazing how like fast and loose uh, Capcom really is with like the IP. Like they don't mind whatever you want to do with it. That's fine. They really don't care. And in fact, I think if any, at least the early movies, I knew that they that Capcom was really, really impressed with like all the early Resident Evil movies. Um, and that's why Paul W.S. Anderson was allowed to do whatever the fuck he wanted. Because um, if you read interviews with the devs at the time, he would try to get them like, aren't you like incest that the Resident Evil movies are horrible? They're like, no, they're great. Love it. I wish I could remember... Um who the guy was there's a there's a uh, original character who dies in underworld this is so unimportant there's like nobody listening to this who even knows what the fuck <laughs> i'm talking about but i'm pretty sure he dies at the hands of the giant grasshopper and um 
I fucking loved it. Like, I, it was great and really, really dumb. <laughs> Uh, I, I do think I do think I do think the ST Perry books were the only one to ever go into like Joel's backstory as a cat burglar, which I think they retconned out of the games. But um, it was nice that they touched on that because Joe went on about how she's the master of unlocking, and um, you know there were these hints that her dad was a cat burglar and she was trained to doing it. So that was a nice little detail to go into that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have. You can you can still buy all these, by the way. So if you want to read uh, Resident Evil Underworld, uh, they they still are printing it. Uh, you can. I buy still it. have the Resident. <laughs> buy it on Amazon right now with new covers. They printed. They made new covers for them. How much are they going for? Uh, seven ninety nine for a mass Jesus, market. I'm, I'm like I'm really tempted. I'm really tempted to pick those up again. I still I still have mine, so I don't need to. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm, I I might have mine, but they would be really hard to get to place. Just like a just like a Resident Evil game, just like a real Resident Evil puzzle. There you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I have I I have the Resident Evil archives, which is great. They're, they were like at, back at the, back in the day. They're like the um, Zelda Historia of the Resident Evil series, and I just ordered the kind of official works they did for Revelations. So I'm excited to read that. I, I don't know. Like, I, it's, it's weird because when I'm not playing Resident Evil, I forget how much of a fan I am of Resident Evil. And I always look at a game or, something, or a movie or something. I think, man, that really sucks. And then I'll play it. I'm like, yeah, I love this series. Why do I always think it sucks? <laughs> here's a, here's a, uh, a little line that's pretty good just to show the quality writing S.D. Perry chugs out. It said, uh, it said, Chris and Barry were skeptical about the danger, even knowing what the T-virus did to people. Barry thought it was some kind of a PR stunt that Umbrella would rescue Raccoon before anyone got hurt. Chris agreed, insisting that Umbrella wouldn't crap in their own backyard, so to speak. <laughs> what with the Spencer Estate disaster so recent. Oh, boy. What a... That's a trip, man. <laughs> God, uh, I, I I just remember you know one one note about Resident Evil franchise as a whole. I remember getting to the end of um of seven in the Salt Mines where you start to read all the files about what Evelyn is and all that kind of stuff. And um, I forget what this one. Oh, the E series. They call this one the E series. There's always something different. Each one yeah, yeah. Instead of T virus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like T virus or whatever. Cordyceps or whatever. Well, no, Cordyceps was last of us, but whatever. Um, the E series. I remember reading it, and they're talking about like its applications as a bioweapon and being able to control large populations and all that. And I'm reading it, and I'm thinking that's the same exact thing everyone always does. Um, like every single bioweapon developer in the series does like this thing that they think, oh, we can drop this in the middle of a populated center of our enemies and it will like destroy them all. It'll be great. And we don't have to worry about missing actual soldiers and all that kind of shit. And I'm thinking at what point, if you're these bioweapon corporations, at what point does it stop? Because they've now destroyed like two major American cities. And you have to keep in mind, um, I think Philadelphia is one of them. It's like Raccoon City, and then six they destroyed Philadelphia. And you would think after destroying like two uh, major American cities, like a half dozen American small towns, uh, I think it's Hong Kong and like a major portion of Africa, and a small portion of Spain. 
Like, at what point does someone go, you know, guys, maybe this research is a little bit of a bad idea? I mean, at some point, they 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 change tone, right? Like, they stop being uh, this like uh, this corporation that just you know science at any cost, and they just more so kind of turn into like, can we make a bigger monster? Like. <laughs> It's more about that. But, I mean, it definitely started out as, like, what happens if I pour this on a plant? Oh, no, it's a killer plant. Um, yeah. <laughs> but now... What if I put it on my penis? Now it's very much more like, how can I make this plant a murderer? Like, what can I do? I, 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 yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think I think Doug hit on something good, though, because I really do want to see one of these scientists take whatever the next um, virus is and just inject it directly into their dick. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of if William Birkin had genitals. Oh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. William Birkin might have done that. Let's see. Oh, he's wearing pants. So, yeah, he's still got a penis. They might have injected it in Sherry Birkin's genitals. I, I mean, as adult Sherry, because they did strip her naked, and they never did say why they had to do that. Oh, boy. William Birkin was not looking good by the end of this. Uh, he does not have genitals, though. They go away. Uh, so when he does finally get to the point where he bursts through his pants, he no longer has a penis. Alexa is naked, though. Does Alexa have genitals? Let's see. Let's uh, look. Isn't it Alexis? Alexis. Ash- Alexia, I think. Oh, Alexia, Alexia you're right. The Ashfords. Um, let's see. No, her her um, her genitals are covered up by like weird growths. Man, what's the point yeah. of having a virus if it's going to uh, completely remove your genitals? It's going to censor your genitals. <laughs> yeah, like I want it to make my genitals bigger, not goner. <laughs> I'm, Don't I'm censor sure, me. I'm pretty sure Wesker got some like nice genitals out of the deal. Yeah, Wesker's got a big yeah. dick. You can tell just by looking at him. Wait, Doug, what's new with you? Hey, I got, I got my, I got my live action toy movie. What is it? Slinky movie. <gasps> That's pretty Johnny good. Johnny S. Slinks. <laughs> Takes a decides one night to go visit his dad at the steel factory, and he falls into a vat of molten steel. But instead of dying, he inherits the power of the slinky. Okay, which allows, so basically, it allows <laughs> him to go what? down, down but not upstairs. Exactly, he can go down, and he's got like retractable hands. And this is actually the biggest twist: is that it's also uh, the the movie with the the Nintendo game. Uh. The Wiz? Switch game. No, the, it's new with the the weird, stupid punching game. Oh, Arms. It's a Slinky and Arms crossover movie. Ah. Oh. So can you like? Can you get like toys from the movie and then use them in Arms? Yes. Yeah, because that and, was actually, that was actually my question originally. And I know what you're thinking. Yes, his penis also acts like a Slinky. <laughs> I'm just having trouble imagining what this man looks like. Um, but well, I also, I'm not. He seems crystal clear in my head. I also like the idea of someone who can fight crime, but only if they're below him. As soon as they're, as soon as they're above him, he's like, well, I'm fucked. I can't get up it's, there. Uh, I'm, it's I'm like I'm a Star Wars movie. He's, when he's got the high ground, uh, he can't yep, That's exactly it. It's, it's <laughs> all about who has the high ground. Don't try it. Don't even think about it, man. You're my brother, bro. I you shouldn't you shouldn't have did this he said actually that line High would ground. that line would work better in in episode whatever it was he just says Anakin you shouldn't have did this 
You should have done did this, Anakin. You should have done did this. Now I got to put you down. <laughs> uh, good night, good night, nurse. And then that's it. Yeah, that's 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 the end that I remember. That's the that would have been better writing. <laughs> In some ways, um, man. What's funny is if you look up Wesker, uh, he's a very he's a, a particular character who's very frequently uh, cosplayed as by people who should not be cosplaying as him. <laughs> he's got like the skinniest fucking nerds. He's he's basically like the male equivalent of. Um, I'm trying to think of who a good like female cosplayer that that you shouldn't attempt. Um, Samus. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? He's he's economical because you can just redo your Matrix cosplay for the most part. But see, the the, the thing is, the thing about the Wesker cosplayers is that um, each of them thinks they're like this edgy badass, even though they're like this ninety five pound. Um, wiry so foot tall guy with pimples all over his face and um you know and he just has those fingerless black cut off gloves that he got to look like a badass in real life and he's got his little trench coat too and he puts that on he's like yeah now i'm wesker i just have to borrow dad's ray-bans so that's the other thing about wesker is uh a lot of the cosplays that you see of him these guys pretty clearly already owned most of the costume Uh, in like an entirely unrelated way. Oh my god, some of these are so good. <laughs> Hang on, I'm, I gotta. This one's uh, gender bender, I think. Um, I think oh, we're looking the same one. Yeah, we probably are. Wait, tell me if this is it. Is that the one? Uh, no. Oh, oh wait, but I did see that one. Ooh, she's hot. She she just looks like like angry mall cop Wesker. Yeah, she's she's Paul Blart Wesker. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling I know which one you're talking about. Then Doug, it's probably the it's probably the row below that uh, where they're holding the phone up in the in the mirror. Maybe <laughs> or is that not it either? Wait, hang on, I'll sh- I'll share this one too. I don't think this one's gender bending though. It's hard to say, which is really saying <laughs> something for a character like Wesker. No, that wasn't the one either. I think that's a man. You think that's a that's a what? A Why fella? is he so short? I don't know. He's so tiny. <laughs> he's baby Wesker. And it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look out, everybody! It's me, baby Wesker. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get you. Oh man, I, I, I can't. That's the sound I'm making when I chase the T virus. I, I, I can't, in good conscience, include this in our podcast post. But God, I, I want like this is very mean spirited. Uh, these these people, a little. but nonetheless, uh, I still find it horribly funny. Uh, so if you too would like to, um, to have a little laugh at other people's expenses, just Google Albert Wesker cosplay. And uh, why don't we just hold like an Albert Wesker cosplay competition? A Wesker cosplay and, competition? Uh, yeah, well, and if, if if they win, we send them a copy of S.D. Perry's Underworld. I mean, sure, yeah. You send me a picture of you dressed like Albert Wesker, and I will definitely buy you a copy. Of... <laughs> we've we've asked for far less from people listening to this podcast, and offered far more. Uh, i mean all you have to own is a black trench coat and you'll get a free copy of (laughs) overworld 
watch underworld underwatch world underworld underwatch world resident evil underworld by sd perry where she kills her beloved original character i'm i've been reading these excerpts uh from the books on amazon and oh my god she's a very rudimentary uh like i think i may have been as good of a writer as her (laughs) but at the time you read them yeah like at the time that i read them uh like, good God. Um, that's pretty good, Wesker. That's an amazing Wesker. <laughs> I work for Umbrella. <laughs> I'm going to get you, Chris Redfield. Hey, you, better, you better watch out. Oh, uh, man. Oh, good God. That's amazing. Uh, wow. SD Perry has a Twitter, by the way, uh, that seems to be active. Um, oh, good. So, and it looks like she has some problems with the alt left. Um, uh, oh, whoa, wow. It gets better and better. Uh, yeah. Oh, here's a picture of Steve Bannon. I don't know about this. All right. I'll have to research this later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, man. Um. Anyway, uh, what else were we going to talk? about? We were going to talk about South Park. Uh, going to talk about South Park and, and and Doki Doki Literature Club. So uh, which I know you're super pumped about. Yeah, yeah, I love Doki Doki. I like the the genie, and I like <laughs> picking up mushrooms. I love it. But tell me, uh, it sounds like you're pretty profoundly disappointed in South Park. So why don't we start there? Uh, all right, I am pretty profoundly disappointed in South Park. Um, I, I, okay, it's, it's got quite a few problems. So first of all, I, I want to mention that this was not developed by Obsidian. Um, and Obsidian's version of South Park was more or less Final Fantasy. Um, like a simplified Final Fantasy. Um, and this one is not developed by Obsidian. This one was developed by Ubisoft San Francisco. And it very much feels like an Ubisoft game. It's got the same map, the same... You know, it's clearly running the same um, graphics and all that that the, la- that the last one did, but it's got a lot of Ubisoft mechanics that have made their past several games kind of intolerable. Um, you, you climb know, towers? Um, yeah, actually, you got to do parkour, but they're so clever that they call it fartcore. core that you have to use nah. in order to get to the top of buildings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Those guys. So, the, so it's basically... It basically takes place immediately after the last game, Sick of Truth. Um, and, you know, you're still battling, you know, you're the king of the elves and still battling with um, other kids in the neighborhood for control of the Sick of the Truth, which, you know, is gone now. And then Cartman just up and decides that everyone needs to be playing superhero now. And then he tells you you can't play because you're a loser. And you have to kind of go and appeal to Cartman to join his team. Um and you find out Cartman's goal is to rescue a cat that will get them a $100 reward because they think they can use that to kick off their superhero franchise of um, like movies, uh, Netflix shows, and music performances at Coachella. And um, you're basically just given like random tasks to perform for Cartman and the other heroes around, the, you know, who is the coon and other heroes around the neighborhood. Um, you know, like uh, the human kite and the mosquito and all that kind of stuff. And you find out that there was a big split in the Coon and Friends and Timmy and Kenny um, 
you know, as a professor to me and, and Mysterion went off and found it. Another superhero team with their own franchise called the Freedom Pals. And that's basically kind of as funny as the game gets. Because from there, you know, you meet, um, you, you start going off and performing these tasks and you start trying to find out where this cat is and you find out like there's an overall conspiracy where someone is uniting all the crime bosses of South Park, which is like just some Italian stereotypes and meth heads and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you don't know who it is, and um, but you don't care about the conspiracy. You only care about rescuing the cat. Um, you know, I, 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 what, what eventually ends up happening in the game is you meet Morgan Freeman, and Morgan Freeman has opened a taco stand inside South Park, and he warns the player that, you know, some farts are so powerful that they can rip a hole in time and space. Right. Yeah, uh, we all know that. <laughs> Um, and, and it ends up unlocking something called like the time farts, which if you use them, they'll do exactly as they describe. They'll like pause time or create another copy of you, um, or skip over an enemy's turn, all that kind of stuff. Um, but then, and, and it, it's similar. It's not, it's very similar to like the dragon shouts in the last game and that, you know, you were the dragonborn because you had these really powerful farts, but, I think what they missed between games is it was funny in the stick of truth because it was such a rare thing. Uh, yeah, you were like the Dragonborn and it was like a funny little reference and, um, you know, you could use these dragon shouts, but it actually took a lot of time until you got a dragon shout. And then even when you did use them, it wasn't like all the time. You could only use them really in battle and all that kind of stuff. Um, in this game, it's like every single mechanic in the game. So you have to use it in combat. It's actually pretty vital to use in combat. It's not even optional, like the Dragon Shell Tour. Um, and it's just worked into every single puzzle in the game to the point that it just gets so massively unfunny. Like the first time that you um, have Professor Chaos, for example, stick a hamster in your ass, and then you have to fart it out, and it lands in a control panel or something and short-circuits it, that's funny. By the time he does it, like the, 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 the seventh or eighth time or whatever it starts to get a little tired. And then by the time you start meeting other heroes, you already know what's going to happen. So, you know, you're like, okay, it's, I, I see what's, where it's going. And that's going to be a big punchline. Um, you know, like, um, Stan could only use, had, had a superstar to use a sandblaster to kill obstacles, but only if he had access to a power source. And you could tell from like a mile off, oh, okay, he's going to stick it in the kid's ass and then use his farts instead. Um, and it's just like every mechanic of the game. And because it's Ubisoft gameplay, it's all very simple and very rudimentary. So it's not even fun. You just get somewhere, you know, okay, it's time to trigger the QTE or it's time to press a button. They're not puzzles. It's just looking at the environment and doing, um, you know, using whatever fart power you have to use. Um, and to give an example, I think the most unpleasant part of the game for me where all of the major dungeons that occur every evening, because every evening is a very, very long dungeon you have to go through, and there are a lot of bosses that you have to fight, and the bosses aren't fun either, well, mostly because the bosses get to cheat, like actually cheat. Um, and you'll just get to a room, and you'll already know what you have to do because you can see all the little prompts that you have to pit, but the game still wants you to go into detective mode because uh -huh, it's making fun of other superhero games and other games where you have detective mode. But all it is is turning on detective mode, picking the kid that you need to use her power, 
and going through with it. So there's not an actual puzzle. It's just like, you know, clicking off what you have to do and doing it. Um, and it's, and there's, it's just loaded with collectibles and every second you're being hit with some dumb achievement that doesn't matter. Um, but the game tells you to collect it. And, and the only way to gain experience actually is, or the way to gain good experience is to do the achievement. So it's actually less optional than it is in a lot of video games. Like it's not meaningless, but you have to be, so, you know, it's like you have to go defeat 15 raisin girl. It's like, well, if I want a decent amount of experience and money, I have to go do this now. Um, and it's just, it's just like from a game, complete game theory standpoint, it's intolerable. Um, just to talk about the bosses really quick. A lot of the bosses get to act on a timer and they get to act in real time while you're stuck in the rules of turn based. And that doesn't go for every enemy. So, you know, the other enemies will also be taking their turns. And it's actually gotten to the point where in a lot of boss battles, I felt like, you know, I just have to sit on this term and, and wait until the timer, timer runs out so the boss can act and then I can act and, and pretend it's like a real RPG. And I just don't know why they made that choice. It's, it's just like you're literally stuck in grid-based, turn-based combat while the boss gets to move in real time. And I'm like, I don't know why this is a decision. And I, I, I feel like it's to make you react faster and think about your decisions faster. But they give you such a short amount of time to do it. And they always ambush you with it that it feels like less like a test of skill. And like they just had like this dumb idea that they couldn't let go of. And so and it was unfortunate because bosses could be really funny. Like a lot of the bosses like were really funny South Park jokes. There's like an, an ancient, ancient South Park character named um, Spontaneous Bute, who Chef was into. And she comes back as a boss. Or butters will show up in like a giant mech that's made out of tinfoil. And they're like legit kind of funny South Park moments, but then they're just ruined by these fucking intolerable mechanics. Um, yeah, and that's, that, that's kind of what I have to say on the gameplay. In terms of the humor, I just don't think it lands like, um, Sick of Truth did. And I think they return, they rely, like, like, Sick of Truth had a little bit of gross humor and it had a little bit of shock humor. But because it was so sparing, those moments were, like, actually funny. So when you end up giving an abortion and stick of truth, it's a really funny moment. When there's, like, a shock joke every five seconds and where there's a fart joke every five seconds, it just, like, loses any steam. And it feels like it – it feels like let – me, let me say this. It feels like Ubisoft really wanted there to be a follow-up to stick of truth. And Matt and Trey weren't interested to work in working on it. So they just, like, gave them any old thing and this is what they made. And even if you watch – developer interviews you can't really find much about matt and trey matt and trey talked up a storm about stick of truth they didn't mention much about fractured butthole matt um, uh, matt's not even credited on fractured Butthole. Oh, like he's oh, not okay. he's not listed as a writer or anything uh well that also explains a lot um and if you watch like the developers play their, their own game they are so fucking amused with themselves that you know it it, it it feels like going to it feels like going to watch some stand-up comedy and then listening to a comedian tell jokes that are clearly not funny, so he's laughing hardest at his own jokes. That's kind of what Fractured Butthole is. All right, well, that's too bad. Uh, I mean, you know, Ubisoft San Francisco comes from a long pedigree of uh, quality games, so I'm surprised to hear this, because uh, before this they did uh, Rocksmith, uh, Just Dance Kids 2014, <laughs> 
uh, Rocksmith Edition 2014, and I think maybe their greatest title, uh, Tetris Ultimate. So you're saying the South Park game's not good, and it came from them? I'm saying that it doesn't seem to live up to the... It, from what Jay is describing, it sounds like it doesn't live up to the pedigree of the studio. Well, this this really chaps my hide. This really, yeah, I know it tickles your pickle, right? Burns my bacon. Yep it uh, it it, it uh, rubs sand in your pussy. <laughs> and who could blame you? It farts I, I, in my I, cereal. Oh, oh, little fart, oh. Little, little fart joke there. Oh, that's South good. Park humor. <laughs> that's good. I, I'll say this: the the moments where the kids were just kind of being kids playing superhero. Those were the best moments of the game. I just wish more of it was like that. And if you actually go back and watch the superhero episodes of South Park, when you watch like the very first episode with Clude and Mysterion, it's hilarious because it's just kids playing superhero, but everyone acts like the stakes are so fucking high. And that's what makes it good. And um, Fractured has elements of that, but it's, it's just not nearly enough to be a good game. Right. Just doesn't quite do it. Yeah. Well, it happens. I think it's, uh, I, I've noted that it's quite a bit, um, actually, let, here, let me verify this before I before I say this. Yeah, it's like five hours longer than Stick of Truth. And I think that might be to its detriment. Like, I wonder if they should have just yeah. kind of kind of shot for like a similar time frame. <laughs> I, I, I agree. And I, and, I, and I feel like the very long, and Again, Sick of Truth had like legit. It felt like an actual RPG, and and when you did when you did stuff in the game, um, like when you got to a new area, it felt like a really exciting and funny moment. Like when you got to Canada, in Stick of Truth, it was like one of the most hilarious things ever. Um, and it was also a new area to explore and all that kind of stuff. And in Fracture Butthole, it has like a lot of confusing roadblocks that are literally just there to make you take a big detour. They're not actual roadblocks. Um, and every single evening sequence where the big stuff happened, I just got sick of playing it because they're so long and they're not fun to play and they have the worst bosses. So, you know, um, I, I, it, they just held it back. I agree. It could have been a better game, but it, if the humor is not there in the first place to carry it, um, plus stick of truth, part of the joy of stick of truth is all the South Park Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. And um, it felt like Fractured Butthole had to fall back on kind of the less funny South Park content or some of the new South Park contents that's not quite tested yet. And hey, I like the stuff about PC principal and figuring out your race and figuring out your gender. That stuff's actually funny, but it's just it's just not enough. It's a very undercooked title. It's very, it very, it very much reason for Ubisoft just wanting to get that sequel out so they can make the money from it. Well, it's, that's funny that you'd characterize it that way because, God, it took them fucking forever to put it out. Um, and actually, I had and it, of, makes, it really makes me wonder what they spent all the time on because it doesn't feel like something. That yeah, they took more time I, I had assumed, uh, I had kind of assumed like, oh, you know, they're, this is likely to be good because of how long yeah. it's taking them to do it. Um, but it really doesn't sound like that's how it worked out. So that's yeah. too bad. Too bad to hear. So I have, a, uh, I have a question. Yeah. Somewhat related, uh, kind of. So, I, I mean, I was pretty much looking forward to South Park and to hear that it's not really good. That kind of wipes one game I would have wanted to play this, you know, holiday season. Uh-huh. Um, and this has happened to me, like, probably for the last three or four years. But every uh, every year there's, like, a sale around this time where Target or Best Buy will uh, buy two, get one free. Buy two, get one free. Yeah, baby. 
And I have not been able to successfully like get three games. I can barely get two that I would actually want to buy. And and again, this kind of blow, blows a hole in my thing this this year as well because I, I'll probably... I, I mean, I, I, if if it's if it's on like a deep slash sale or if you can get it for free, then fine. It's just not something that you should be springing like sixty bucks for, and, and certainly not for the high cost of like the season pass and all that other shit that they want. But, but can um, can you I, I, either of you think of three games you actually want this holiday season that are that uh, are yeah. still going to be full price? Because uh, yeah, that, that I mean, so that's a tough question to ask me because I assuming you haven't like bought some of the more recent ones. Like let's take those out of out of the like, see. And I'm uh, I'm I'm like super risky uh, with with my game purchases and like there's a very good chance I'll play Assassin's Creed, even though so many red flags are already like flying for me. Um, there, there's a good chance that I'll wind up touching it anyway. Um, uh, I mean, there's, there's definitely shit coming up that I still want to buy. I, I mean, I, I guess Resident Evil 7 is another one notch off my list, but I also did get that on a deep sale. So, <laughs> um, I mean, Mario's a no brainer, obviously. Mario, uh, yeah. assuming you can't, they, you, they don't want to switch. Nintendo does want to play ball with that kind of shit. So, oh, really? Is that, is that actually like a thing that you can't apparently? I think their targets actually doing it this. I think this weekend and and Switch games are not allowed because I was like, oh well, I could just you know I'm plan on getting a Switch. I'll just buy Zelda and Mario and then I'll get Shadow of War. Uh, but see. that fucks that me over. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I still I still have to buy Shadow of War. I still want Wolfenstein too, um, and I still want Call of Duty. Um, I guess that that would be good, but I I can't I can't uh, bring myself to buy first person shooters full price. I just can't. Yeah, I mean, I I get that, uh, especially because you can uh, like Wolfenstein has no multiplayer component, and so I mean, it's not that hard to like you know drop it. I'm trying to find is there a link to the to the sale where they show what's? It's just a leak on Reddit that I saw, but it sounds like they they did like an ad scan, and it's happening this weekend. Let's see. I just want to see what they're allowing, because uh, then I can tell you if I see anything that actually like uh, that actually looks worth doing. But... Like, I mean, I'm to the point where, like, if I if I really wanted, I was like, I could do Shadow of War. Like, maybe I could, I could play Destiny. I could try to like it. I don't know. If you if you if you pick it up on the PlayStation, I'll play it with you. But um, I mean, I like the first Destiny. I just I just refuse to get two because the first Destiny is for my PS4. I, I don't mind Destiny. It's, it's not really that I have a problem with it. It just it doesn't linger for me. Like after I've after I've played through the. I'm with any MMO. I'm not an end game content kind of person. Like I just, I can't, I don't care. I, I have so I, much I, I, I time like, off like, for the holidays that I, I need something to do. Yeah. I, I feel like with like 2000, I mean, did you play near yet? Oh yeah. Near is absolutely 100% worth picking up. Um, near, I, I have it. Maybe, maybe that's one of them. I can, are, I can put on there. Are you into like platinum style games? Like, I mean, Nier's really different than their normal stuff, but like a like a beat 'em up like that is that kind of. I, I I played the demo. It was it was fun enough. I mean, I could I can give it a shot. And it's it's something where uh, it changes a lot when you when you do the second playthrough. Um, like the actual way that you play the game is so different that it feels pretty fresh, and it's definitely not something you could ever like beat by renting. Like I think Nier's down to fifty <coughs> bucks right now, and that's still a perfectly reasonable. Uh, price for it like yeah I, I, I agree i'd pay 50 bucks for that easy no problem if far cry 5 was out that'd be one that i'd throw yeah. on the pile but but that's not until february 
Yeah, I gotta wait a little longer for it. Um, I'm very excited for Far Cry 5. I think Horizon's I dropped in price enough that it's not worth including in the deal, but that's been on my list forever. Horizon's um, good. Sucks that the Switch isn't isn't in it. Um, oh, I know. I, I would have totally just bought then, the games for when I do get a Switch. Yeah. This just sounds like he likes um, Hellblade quite a bit. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was a very, a very strong year for video games. It's not like last year where it was a desert. I feel like this year had like a lot of consistently strong titles. And in fact, to the point where I'm conflicted, um, and I, I, I'm like not joking when I say this. I'm actually considering Doki Doki Literature Club for my game of the year list. Would you before we and we can talk about that before we move on though? Would you play a JRPG, Doug, or are you just past mm-hmm. that point in your life? I'm maybe it would have to be good because I was, was going to say Persona's still not a bad way to spend your money either. Yeah, right. Persona, 5, Persona 5 is definitely my top for game beer. And um, the, the thing about Persona 5, um, though, is the deeper you go into it, the uh, it is going to get a little more difficult to play, I feel like. Um, even if you play it on easy mode, because, just because the dungeons are very long. So you have to be into that. Uh, that's why it's not my first recommendation. Um, but it is very strong. It is definitely the first up on my game of the year contender list. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to see and get something. I, I, I want to do it this year, but I got to play something. I, like I, I said, if, if, if you're trying, if you're trying to get one free, then South Park is fine for get one free. It's I mean, just it, and on top of that, <laughs> on top of that, that's a pretty good way to get Shadow of War. Uh, another game that is not bad by any means, but uh definitely like it just doesn't it, it's missing something that the original um you know kind of had so uh to get both of those games at, at what is essentially you know half price or close to half price like that's not i guess it's i guess it's 2.5 or 1.5 i price. think it's 30 percent off all if you get all full priced games yeah, it's 30 yeah, percent off that, each of them that sounds right me no math good so you know, i don't know but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's some stuff out right now that's not bad. Oh, if you want to be a real piece of shit, you know what you can do. And I've buy uh, and and Madden and 2K18 and NHL18. No, you don't want 2K18. That wasn't what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, I did this because uh, I'm a real piece of garbage. Um, do the do the buy two get one free, uh, and just for one of the games, just pick something you already have, and then take the sealed copy to Walmart and tell them it was a gift. <laughs> maybe i'll do that uh i I've, I've done precisely that pretty fucked up and then like uh and then like a month later a game i did want came out and so i just spent the gift card on that <laughs> so i got by to get one free it just it was a little extra work um and i feel like i earned it by waiting in that return line <laughs> but anyway uh, what else is there? Oh yeah, you wanted to talk about Doki 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 Doki. I want to talk about Doki Doki Literature Club. So what what happens in that? It's a visual novel oh. where you're kind of a a lazy layabout kid, and your childhood friend comes and convinces you to join her after school literature club because it needs more numbers. Okay, all right. I could um, I could use a friend like that. Yeah, well, her her name is her name is Sayori, and she's kind of like the ditzy type, and you know she 
she gets to bed late and she like, you know, she doesn't get up early and on time and all that kind of stuff. And you haven't really hung out with her for a while, but uh, she's still just the same old silly Sayori. Sayori. And then you get to the club and you meet the kind of young um, Sundere member, Natsuki. And then there's like the older, more mature kind of serious member. And her name is Yuri. And then there's class president, Monica. Um, and then there's also your childhood friend who, you know, sees late all that kind of time, Monica. Um, and there's a Sundari character, uh, Monica. And then there's the true older woman, Monica. Wait, what? I'm lost here. Uh, okay, well, uh, what I'm explaining is Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, How many Monicas are there? What? There's just one Monica. I think I already mentioned her. She's the class president. They're all Monica. I, heard, no, I swear I heard Monica's Monica. name like 20 times in your no, 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 explanation. No, 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 no. There's, 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 there's Sayori, there's Natsuki, there's Yuri, and then there's Monica. Oh, okay. All right. I, so I think you're right, though. So, you said Monica a lot. I, well, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I said Sayori, I said Natsuki. It's I a bit. Yuri, this I, is a bit. He's doing a bit. Where's Phoebe? When does Phoebe come in? Don't act like this Phoebe. isn't being recorded. All right. So anyway, anyway. The point of the game is basically, you know, you don't have much going on in your life, so you figure you're going to humor Sayori, and then each day you come and you write poetry, and you write poetry towards your favorite girl, um, and you can choose from Sayori, or you can choose from Yuri, or you can choose from Natsuki, and write for them, you know, Natsuki kind of likes cute things, and Yuri likes uh, horror and fantasy, and you write a poem, and then if they like your poem, you'll get a little closer, and, you know, I was kind of pretty amazed because a lot of the writing advice you get is really good writing advice, and it's writing advice that I would take back to my students before I peeked you to the hole, to the fourth dimension, and realized my reality isn't exactly what it is. And I let them know that, you know, this is actually a, the way you write a poem. This is, this is nice. So, uh, yeah. Um, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Even there's a gigantic bold warning on this. It says this game is not suitable for children or those who are easily disturbed. But yeah, because you know it's like most visual novels where there are kind of sexual situations, and you're going to find yourself uh, growing to attract it to the girls. Um, again, I'm just going to point to Yuri and Natsuki. Like with uh, Natsuki, she enjoys making cupcakes. She likes cute things. She likes manga. She likes anime. And then sometimes she gets the beach to shit beat out of her by her father. Um, and she's just an all-around cool girl to hang out with. Now, now, Jay, I know your predilections. Are these are these of age girls? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, it's a it's a high school it's a high school romance novel, so I don't so really just, assume anything about their ages except for they're all, uh, they're all eighteen. Okay. They have been created in a lab at some point in 2013. Forever, may there may not be an actual character, but it got from uh, another universe. If you delete all the character files before you start the game, you get a picture of Sayori hanging herself. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. I want to put a major spoiler warning before I actually go into it. Is this true? Is uh, that true? I, yeah, yes, that's true. So I want to, I want to put a, a huge major spoiler warning because I do think people should play this game and I think they should go in blind when playing it so they don't know what to expect. It's also free, and it starts as a, so you have very it's little also excuse. Free. It's also free. So going blind, I, I don't want you to expect anything. So here's like the big spoiler warning um, on the game, because I'm going to do like some deep spoilers now. So it does start out as a pretty typical visual novel. 
And you start out with your three archetypes, which is the neighborhood girl, the kind of shy, serious, the shy, serious girl, and then the kind of young, um, um, you know, cutesy kind of like anime and mango, all that kind of stuff girl. You start out with the three of them, and then there's the class president, Monica. And as you start playing it, it is very much a visual novel. So you just write poems for the girl that you like, and each day you grow a little closer. Um, and Monica slowly starts asking you to spend a little bit more time with her. Um, and as you play the game, as you get closer to any of them, you start to find out that your childhood friend Sayori has been struggling kind of lifelong with depression, and she just hasn't told you about it. Um, and, you know, it, 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 no matter what you kind of do, no matter what you pick, you end up with Sayori um, hanging herself. So the closer you get to another girl, the more depressed she'll get. And she's like, you know, I didn't think it would hurt this much. And she'll hang herself. And, um, and you know, if, if you try to kind of appease her, and if you try to get closer to her and you become her boyfriend, she'll think, you know, I don't deserve this. Um, you know, I'm fucking scum. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to hang myself. Um, and you know, Monica shows her some like deep concern. She's like, aren't you her friend? And she promises before this happens, she promises you she's going to go talk to her and all this kind of stuff. And you just don't know. You're overwhelmed by it. You're overwhelmed by the fact that Sayori is a depressed individual and has this personality and there's nothing you can do. Um, and the character even mentions that like, there's no way that I can go back and undo this. And if you load up a save file, if you load up on old save from the point that Sayori hangs herself and try to go back and redo it, the game is going to reload and it's going to put you right back in the bedroom with her to watch her hang herself again. So what happens from there, Monica intervenes and she said, man, I didn't mean to fuck up like this, but maybe it'll be better if I delete her from the game. And <laughs> Monica deletes Sayori from the game. You can then check your desktop files. So her character file, Sayori's character file, will be deleted from the game, um, and the game will reset. And that's when shit starts to get like super fucked up. And I mean, like, 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 just super fucked up in the very meta meta sense. Like the you can start, you can try playing the game, but it's um, it's really going to mess with your head, and it's really going to mess with all sorts of things. And it really fits in the same vein as like. Um, like I, I, it, it's going to sound like a little bit of an awkward, of an odd comparison, but it kind of reminds me of her story, where it starts out as one story, and then transforms into a second story, and then transfers into like a third story. The more you play it, and it's got elements of like uh, Pony Island and Calendula, um, Undertale, all those other games that kind of use um, save file editing and reading and all that kind of stuff to determine your path. But Doki Doki Literature Club actually takes it to much further extremes than I've seen any game taken in the past. Um, and there's there's kind of like so only so many branching story paths you can go on. But the kind of things that Monica does to fuck with your game, and you could try to fuck with her back, it just won't be very successful. Like, it'll do exactly what Jared said. Um, where if you add this character, you'll just get like a screen of Sayori hanging herself. Um and it just gets to be, it's just like just one of the most messed up, uh, strangest, uh, you know, borderline scary experiences that I've had. And and, um, and once Sayori does kill herself, the game actually tells you there's a traceback file that you can go and check. There's a big traceback log. And you can start seeing all the script calls that the game does. And you can start seeing Monica's little notes. But if you do that, you're also going to start finding other files that Monica has left around on your desktop 
kind of stalking you and leaving you these twisted messages and these fucked up photographs and all of them. Um, and from there on, it gets to be a little bit of a back and forth between the player and between Monica until um, the other characters start to get um, start to fuck up more and more. Monica getting some kind of sentience and eventually what happens is you're trapped in a game state where you can't do anything else but just talk to Monica and she has all these super creepy monologues to give you and it becomes it becomes obvious from her deleting the other character files and messing with the other files that all you have to do is delete her file um but that's only one ending of the game and in order to get the next ending which I'm actually working on right now you have to do like a clean install restart from the restart from uh, the very top of it you can delete the um, a specific file in order to get a clean new run and start you basically have to save scum in order to beat the game for real like save scumming i'm not talking about like some mechanic in the game i'm talking about save scumming how you would in XCOM or something like that in order to go back and undo certain save states and make sure you avoid you know ending up in rooms with corpses of characters and all that kind of shit um and this is all done by one one guy as like a two-year passion project and, um, you know, he wants to get into the game development industry. But just as I thought I had the game figured out, as I thought I saw everything it had to show me, like, first, this was just a regular romance game. And then it was a game about depression. And then it's a game where it just fucks you with you in a meta sense and how, like, other meta games have. Um, there's a fourth element. And there's an alternate reality gaming element to it. But if you dig around in the files, especially those character files that you're messing with, um and start manipulating all sorts like it gets really old school there's like a full reddit thread dedicated to picking apart these character files and and chasing it around on the internet and finding out what it all means and what it all links back to and um it's just like when it like for something that's free on steam and for something that a guy did in his free time it's like one of the most mind-blowing video game experiences that i've had i mean it makes perfect sense now that you've explained it uh so wait how many Monicas are in the game? <laughs> it's just one Monica. It's just that it's she starts to. It's just like it's just the one Monica. It's just that she starts to replace your options and your choices, so you can't do anything but spend time with her. So if you're if you're a game developer and you're listening to this, I want to make sure that you know that if you want Jay to give your game a perfect score, <laughs> all all you have to do is uh, get to a point where he's forced to delete his save must. <laughs> Must eject the disc and crush it up into a powder and snort it to see the true final ending, uh, and then and then you will have done <laughs> you will have done it. Um, no, it's actually this is this is uh, a more interesting concept than I would uh, have initially given credit for. I found though, as you've played a lot of these games and, and recommended them, I don't have the level of patience that you do. Um, <laughs> I, I it's one of those things where like I like the idea on paper, but I'm already tired. Like I'm. Already... I, I, I no, I understand that, and 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 Doki Doki is definitely a lot a, a huger time commitment than any of the other ones I played. Like Kalandula, um, I didn't like I didn't like that Kalandula at all, but it only took me, I think, two hours for that one. Pony Island was also another very short one. So and I I, I when I when I heard that Doki Doki, I, I I'll actually tell you how I found it. Um, I had just finished Resident Evil 7 and I started reading an article on it 
And then I saw the suggested Doki Doki Literature Club. I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with horror? And I read it, and they're like, oh, this is a really spooky game. And, um, you know, I jumped into it, and I expected some kind of meta. And when you see the warning screen, uh, you know, that that instantly gives you the idea, oh, this game isn't going to be what it seems. So I kind of expected it to be like Pony Island or Kalindula, where, you know, it, it was going to be more focused on its punchline than it was going to be on being any kind of um, actual game. But there is an actual visual novel component that you have to get through in order to get to the real meta part of it so it's um it's it's definitely like if you're if you're already not sold on these kind of games uh then it's not really going to it be something you're willing to dive into but if if you are into that kind of experience and as i think as i made it clear on several different podcasts i am actually into that kind of experience then um this has a lot for you it's like uh, it, it, it's like Terrence Malick movies. Like, I don't want to watch it, but but I can. Someone does, but I can appreciate it. Like, you know, there's there's a there's an obvious uh, attention to the craft there. Um, I mean, look at this look at this screen from Days of Heaven. What a what an amazing <laughs> shot. It's it's a that's an incredible shot. But if you've ever watched Days of Heaven, boy is it a fucking slog. <laughs> like you gotta really you gotta really work your way through that movie. Um but it's kind of the same deal here. Like, yeah, I like I like the idea of picking apart some files. Um like that's my day job. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I, I I think I, I think what I would kind of um but well, really a treat for me. I, when other games have done it in the past, it's kind of been like straightforward, and it's only got the one trick. Like Undertale, it does it, but it's not doing shit like um, hiding files and all that for you. It's got kind of like the one save file, um, and you know, it tracks your progress on that one save file. And there's not much else you can do in it, and that's kind of it. That's kind of it. It's just um, you know, in Pony Island. I think it's the first one I actually saw modify my desktop, but it just put one file up there. It was it was in like all these different Easter eggs to sort through and all that, and there certainly wasn't an alternate reality game element to it. Um, so so like so again, it's, you hear like this one guy did a passion project for two years, and what he came in was a visual novel. You're like what a visual novel? It's like, that's that was your passion project, but when you see what's really going on under the hood, that's it, it makes it a lot more fun. And and Monica, I feel like me is kind of like uh, Jack Baker in Resident Evil Seven, where there's this video game actually hits on a really good antagonist. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like like half the fun is is uh, the back and forth that you go through with Monica, um, and how you can try to fuck with her, but she's clearly more powerful than you, and it's a fucking visual novel. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, all right, I'll give you I'll give you some credit. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think you talked me into it, but you, I, I, I I did say that before the podcast. I I'm less actually. I'm less worried about you. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I, I did warn before the podcast. I did not think there was anything I could say to actually make people play it. But at least you see why I was so excited to talk about it. I I do. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Um, any other last thoughts on it or, uh, anything along with it? We're coming up on time here. Well, we're well past time, but. Any- uh, no, I, I, I said anything I wanted to say about that game. Okay. 
Uh, Doug, what's what's your what's your final thought of the day? Michael Bay's making a Dora the Explorer movie. He's producing it. Everyone's <laughs> oh, everyone's okay. lost their minds over this. He's not <laughs> he's not directing it. Um, Should Megan Fox and me Dora the Explorer? Dude, I'd watch it. Um, why not? The, the world needs more of that. And then she'll fuck backpack. <laughs> uh, hey guys. If you enjoyed our podcast today, I think that you should go and subscribe to us on iTunes, maybe Android. Get a little of that going on in there. Uh, go check us out at enemyslime.com and, of course, on our Facebook and Twitter where we are at The Enemy Slime. And uh, be sure to come on back next week because we'll be talking about uh, who the fuck knows. I guess Mario. I'll have Mario by then. Lucio will have Wolfenstein. So there'll be shit. Shit's going down. So uh, we will see you then, and until then, I believe we are out. And remember, Just Monica, if you have the low ground, Slinky Man will fuck you up. Slinky Man, <laughs> Slinky Man's gonna fuck the shit out of you to restore unity. Yeah.